I am, as always, uh, incredibly joyous and very grateful to have an opportunity to be in this space visiting with Andy Schmuckler. Andy, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Well, I expect the pleasure will be mutual yet again today. Yes, definitely open to that. Uh, just to kind of give uh, listeners some context, uh, the uh, what you'll be sharing today and the questions that I have for you are regarding a, a recent essay that was published in Three Quarts Daily uh, that is titled The Importance of Seeing Things Whole. And so what I'd like to do is just dive right into this and basically ask you in your, in your own words, uh, in your heart and mind, what is important or why you think it is important to see things whole, as you mentioned in that piece. Uh, I, I thought I would probably have to answer a question like that. So, um, <laughs> uh, and it, it put, it, you know, we've talked about a lot of deep things uh, over these various conversations. Um, yeah. And they're, they're always challenging to sort of wrap one's mind around, but I, I think this is, this is the most challenging and uh, uh, of all for me. Um, yeah. Cause how do you do justice in a sense? Um, so let me, let me uh, uh, do it a little bit by stages. Uh, uh, there is the sense of seeing things whole uh, that the mystics have come back with, uh, the sense of the oneness of everything. I do not own that one. Um, I, I take it seriously. I am mystified by it, and I am, I am deeply impressed with it. And I've had maybe little glimpses, but I really don't know what to make of it. So, you know, if 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 they're onto something, well, that should, certainly makes it important to to see the the oneness of everything. But I I don't live there. Um, but then then there are some places where 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 I do connect that are also of a of a spiritual nature. Um, uh, the word holy um, is rooted in the same word as the word whole, W-H-O-L-E. Um, yeah. and, and so is, um, and the word shalom, uh, which is uh, in, in the Jewish tradition, but also in the Islamic tradition of salam, uh, uh, it, it is rooted, the, the basic meaning of it is connected with wholeness. Uh, I mean, people use it as hello and goodbye and peace and such. But I think I understand that it, that there's some vision that went into that word at the outset that had to do with wholeness. So um, clearly there are signals around that um, it's important to see things whole. Yeah. Uh, um, taking it a, a step further, um, the word health. H-E-A-L-T-H, uh, is also rooted in the word for whole. And, and, um, and, and there are some things left in our language where people speak of uh, health-related things in terms of wholeness. But um, what I think that that signals uh, is that wholeness is profoundly connected with uh, the way life should be. Uh, and, and, and you can make a, you could draw a line, you can talk about a healthy body, um, you know, and, and you and I uh, at our age are certainly aware <laughs> of the importance uh, of getting as far that way as you can. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But, uh, you know, uh, we wish each other health, you know, you drink, uh, you know, to your health. Uh, um, but it's bigger than that in a couple dimensions that that kind of wholeness is also connected with other things that have to do with life being the way it should be. And for me, the, the, what's important is the good and the good is altogether connected with, you know, life over death and, thriving over over uh, some kind of a collapse you know uh, and misery and such um, so life has built a variety of kinds of wholeness uh, it's not just um, the, the extraordinary wholeness you can simply see by you study of a, a living cell or or, or 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 a whole creature I mean uh, 
but but beyond that, there there are ecosystems and all the way up to the biosphere. It is clear as, as can be, I I think that um, what life has been about in the evolutionary process has been uh, the creation of various levels of wholeness uh, from the intricacies of a, of a cell, which took uh, two billion years to evolve, to the uh, massively interconnected. Uh, flows of the ecosystem or the biosphere. So, yeah. And, and then when we get to the human world, um, we can talk about things like a, a healthy democracy. I mean, that has a meaning. Yeah. And, and that meaning, um, I think, can be um, articulated in a way which makes it parallel to what we would talk about a healthy body you know the you know hormonally and 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 and, and the cardiovascular system and the pulmonary system and you know all those things uh, that have to work for us to be alive and, yeah. and have to work well for us to be living a life that's working well oh yeah so a healthy democracy is something that we need to be thinking about these days. So yeah. we've got to be seeing things whole because when we look at the pathologies that work in our democracy, there are, there are a lot of factors involved. It's not, uh, it's not a simple thing. Um, you know, there, there, there's stuff involved in, 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 you know, going back in American history you know, like white supremacy and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's just a very complex picture, which I've been looking at full time for 18 years, I guess it is now. Yeah. So, so, and, and I think you could map that as being, in a sense, um, isomorphic comes to my mind, but that's not the best word, but it's the same thing as a healthy body uh, at some level and a healthy civilization. Uh, is another thing. So seeing, uh, so all the words of wholeness sort of take us into a, a, a lot of things that connect with um, the world being as it should. But um, to be truthful, the main way that um, I, I come to the idea of the importance of seeing things whole is uh, uh, in an intellectual task. Um, if one wants to understand, and, and this is what I've devoted my life to, what is it going on in the human world? How are we to understand that things are have become what they've become, are going where they're going? You know, those 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 are questions that that I ask, and and uh, to answer them, you have to be able to see things whole and make connections. And it, 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 my particular pursuit is, is just part of the general task of understanding things. And, and I think most of the time, understanding whatever, you know, the dynamics of a family or uh, how a personality got to be what it is, or uh, why the Civil War happened, you know, any of those things you might want to understand. But even, even um, you know, I think about Newton, um, I mean, I, I think there's some mythology, but also some truth about the apple and the moon that, you know, may, maybe no apple actually fell off a tree and hit him on the head while he was sitting contemplating, you know, the, the orbiting of the moon. But there was a connection that he made. He had a way of seeing things whole, that the falling of the apple was the same phenomenon of as the the circling of the moon around the earth yeah yeah he was discovering um gravity as understood in the newtonian way which he was able to employ to make sense of kepler's way of seeing things whole that saw that uh, all the planets were rotating around the sun in elliptical orbits which showed that there must be some kind of a force I don't remember if Kepler saw the force, but this is how breakthroughs are made. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, Dar Darwin on the, uh, on the Galapagos, he's seeing these various finches 
with their different beaks and they're living in these different environments. And he infers, though, though apparently not while he was out there, you know, he was contemplating this stuff when he was back in England, that there was a connection between these things with a common ancestor that had developed in a different way that you could infer from the fact that there are all these different evolutionary tracks that he took to deal with the particular foods that they were going to have to eat on these different islands. Yeah, so yeah. That, seeing things whole is just essential to understanding things. And uh, maybe I should just, uh, oh, l let me... Let me take it one more. Oh, sure, bit. sure. Um, I, I saw the importance of seeing things whole uh, in, in over the last 18 years, uh, in part because I, I, I had a, a chance to observe the problems that are created when people don't see things whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, I don't know if we should talk about, well, what does it mean to not see things whole? Well, but you, there's no obligation for our daily lives, you know, to uh, see much beyond, you know, the nose on our face, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything can be just there's this and there's that. And, the, you know, uh, <laughs> as long as you get food on the table and you're able to, you know, uh, earn a living enough to keep a roof over your head and you keep it warm in the winter. You know, you, you don't need to see any anything much beyond that. And, um, but it, it turns out that if you're going to have a civilization um, that works well, th there are certain responsibilities that, well, if we don't take them on, we end up with things like the possibility that American democracy will be displaced by uh, a fascist regime. Oh yeah, for example. Oh, yeah. So, so um, I I started a website in 2005 called NoneSoBlind.org, and, and people can get to those two or three thousand essays I wrote uh, over the years there uh, if they want to go to my current website, uh, a BetterHumanStory.org. And yeah. find the portal to into none so blind. It's, uh, fortunately, somebody's archived it, so it's all out there, which pleases me. But uh, yeah. anyway, uh, I threw myself into it with a passion, and I, I had two or three thousand people reading me every day, which was the best audience experience. You know, the the biggest audience I'd ever had. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was very gratifying at a time when I thought that I was never going to have an audience again. Um, anyway, but that's, uh, I, 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 I was trying to convey uh, to uh, a liberal readership, and this was when W's presidency um, was showing me where we were heading. And I wanted people to see this is where we're heading, and it's because this is the nature of the force that is driving us there. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was... Uh, that was, you know, like my big, my big thing that seeing things whole had had given me. Um, maybe because I had spent uh, the previous uh, how many years was it? You know, uh, thirty-five years uh, uh, looking at the forces at work in human civilization. But anyway, I saw I saw what was going on, and, and I would try to get people to see it by. Um, posing questions, which I, I think are in a seeing things whole kind of point. Um, what do we call something that, or what have we in Western civilization traditionally called something that? And, and then I, I would provide a list uh, of things, um, you know, like, um, uh, Fom foments conflicts between groups rather than trying to uh, create positive bonds. Uh, mm. Takes takes from those who have both power and wealth from those who have the least to give to those who have the most. Yeah, um, uh, is consumed by greed and the lust to dominate. Um, is consistently lying to the people who support it, 
is deceiving people at every turn. Anyway, I, I had these lists and I, you know, I, 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 I generated them at, uh, you know, every couple of years or something like that to ask my readers, what do we call something that? And, and, and what I discovered um, or, or think that I discovered, I mean, I had interactions with people uh, on that website, um, a lot of good conversations. But one of the things that I observed was that there was a tendency in the, um, in, in the world that I was trying to address, uh, which I would describe as a, um, the world of people who are not looking at the world through the prism of a traditional religion. Yeah, yeah. There was a tendency not to be looking at the patterns mm. that that they they didn't like the the racism, um, and they didn't like the the lies, and you could find them ready to discuss each one of the things, but they weren't seeing that there was something remarkable going on that becomes visible when you look at how the, all the pieces fit together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I was trying to point out that there was a, a pattern of brokenness, um, that there was what, what I, I, my definition of evil, uh, which I've given here many times, um, but you know, I, I'm happy to give it again. Uh, a coherent force that consistently, and there are two ways of putting it, consistently makes the human world worse. Which is easy to point out for the, everything in that list that I made of you know seven or eight things, which pretty well described what was going on in the Bush presidency, and then even more so on the on that side of the political divide as yeah. it has evolved in the years since. I mean, you can see that there has been an, uh, an intensification and, and a blatancy in a tendency that was already fully there when the Bush administration, for example, authorized for the first time at the highest level the waterboarding in violation of our treaty obligations and of federal. Oh law. yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember and, that now. Yeah. And then, and then launched a, a, a blow against the fundamental principle of the country of the rule of law with the torture menu mem memo, which is really a, a remarkable thing in that it lays a foundation for a president to be able to, I mean, I don't want to go into detail, but it was, it was clearly a major assault on the healthy democracy that you and I grew up in. I mean, not completely healthy, but compared to some of what's been happening for the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. So, but I couldn't get people to see that these were all versions of the same thing. Yeah, that there yeah. were a whole that there was a whole uh, pattern of brokenness, whether it be the 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 the, the pattern the, the the embodiment of that brokenness in the form of greed, or in the form of cruelty, or in the form of deception and exploitation of the weak by the powerful, or you know, or, or in the form of consistently. Uh, uh, interfering with our ability to respond to the challenge of climate change. Yeah. And it was yeah. just so increasingly remarkably consistent. So that I inferred, and, and here's another step. I mean, the, the answer to the question, what do we call something like that is, well, traditionally, that's the way evil worked. 
Yeah, yes. Evil fomented wars and conflicts and and things like, uh, you know, uh, Nazis beating up people on the street or, you know, uh, that scene in Cabaret, you know, where the Nazi, uh, where the sweet song of the German countryside becomes a Nazi anthem. I mean, these are ways of embodying what people used to understand to be evil and personify in supernatural ways. So, but you could see it. I mean, you could infer it. So um, my effort in my life has been sort of twofold. Uh, One is to get people to see the forces that have been at work that have driven civilization from the beginning in directions that are more broken than we would choose if we could choose, but we can't choose because if you see things whole, you can see that there are systemic forces at work. Yeah. So that's the idea that changed my, the course of my life. And we've talked about that. And, you know, that's, that was seeing things whole by understanding the implications of embarking on the, pla- the path of civilization, which you couldn't see unless you saw it in the bigger context of the evolution of life. Okay. But the yeah. other thing, the other thing, you know, I've been trying to do, and, and now I'm, I guess I'm trying to do both, um, is to help the good people of America to see things whole so that we are stronger in our ability to know what we're up against and to fight it for what it is, which means to fight it more effectively. So, uh, you know, the immediate goal is to make sure um, that, that this leader of the free world, I mean, that's not all we've been, but there has been that element, doesn't become the kind of regime that we've always opposed as Americans. Yeah. Uh, which, is a, which is a serious danger. So, but at the same time, um, seeing things whole, as far as I'm concerned, is important because if we don't see things whole, we have much less chance of surviving as a species, as a human civilization for the long haul. And, and I think I've said many times, I think, in our conversations, to me, it's a toss up. Oh, yeah, yeah whether absolutely. A generation, whether a couple of centuries from now, or maybe even just a couple of generations, or maybe just a couple of decades, who knows, whether we will have gotten our act together or, or will have destroyed ourselves as, a, as, a, as civilized life on this planet. So that's uh, a kind of lengthy answer. Yeah, yeah. But um, I wanted to present it as whole as I could. And you absolutely did, Andy. And I was going to, to actually, and I, I don't want to divert from our, con- because I know that the, ultimately the gist of this is the conversation and what you share about the article itself. But I, I, got, I was so eager to dive in to that discussion and to hear from you that I do feel very moved to say to you that when I look at, when I read this particular essay, to me, and I realize I'm just one person, but it, to me, when, when, I, when I think of what you refer to as your mission in life, you know, when you just spoke a lot about what it is you've been working to do over the past over 50 years now, to me, this really read to me, uh, and I realize this is an opinion, but Ultimately, this read to me as a culmination of, of everything that you've been doing and as much as I can know that. So I refer to this not only as an heirloom, I refer to all of these conversations, all of your writings as an heirloom that uh, is very, very, very valuable in so many ways. But I really feel like this, I sense that this uh, particular essay is, is, is your magnum opus. Now, I don't know if that's fair to say that or not, but that's, that's certainly when I read it, that's... Yeah, that's that's what came through to me. Well, I appreciate I appreciate that, Jeff, because um, as it says, it's the sixth and final essay in a series that I've been writing there. Yeah. And and I've been I've been driven to write this series um, uh, because I, I cannot rest with the status quo. Uh, My own personal status quo is. Um, having something to communicate that um, that's beyond me and that I feel convinced could have a beneficial effect on the outcome. You know, not necessarily, I'm not saying, you know, this, th- this will save humankind, 
but it could play a role. And if it's a toss up, any role is important. And, you know, I feel like I, I'm delivering something that I've been looking at that just, you know, blew me away and, and, and has grown. And, yeah. and so, and I've, I, I've, you know, the other thing is, um, you know, why I'm driven is that even though I got an important piece of it out there, you know, back in 1984, with, with making something of a splash with the with the book that grew out of this life changing, uh, visionary experience. You know, I thought that I had delivered, but you know, the idea has mostly di disappeared from the world. You know, mm. that idea is out there; it's on people's shelves. I can imagine a future where somebody will pull it off the shelf and say, "Hey, look at this!" You know, somebody said this back in 1984. Wonder why they didn't listen, you know. You know, if you look at the uh, human story yeah. that way, it really puts some things in an importantly different light. I mean, it makes sense of things in a new way, and it leads to the conclusion, for example, that the ugliness we see in human history is not human nature writ large. And and, and it also uh uh it, well uh, in this series, I've taken it a lot further. Yes, which is yes. because, you know, like I've had more than half a century uh, since that idea that made a big, well, I don't know, big splash, full page review in the New York Times, featured in Esquire magazine. Yeah. You know, I thought oh, yeah. I thought I was arriving, you know, <laughs> little did I know that the bus wasn't going to stop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the, 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 I've built upon it, you know, I've had a passion to to to. Um, to develop uh, the answers to the questions I've got about how come things are the way they are. And yeah. I've, you know, I, I, it just, you know, like maybe Tom Brady uh, has to throw a football. I, I don't know what he's like on his spare time, but I'm always thinking about this stuff for more than yeah. half a century. And, and, and even in the last uh, year, there have been some new ideas that are sort of implicit in where I started. Yeah. But it took me a long time of thinking and studying to sort of derive them from the original uh, understanding. And those ideas are not out there nearly well enough. I cannot imagine a future right now in which those ways of seeing things even more whole survive my death. Mm. Yeah, I'm 76, and uh, you know, in terms of health, nothing threatening my life right now. Uh, you know, I have an appointment with a cardiologist in a in a month. Uh, I haven't seen him for two years because everything's so fine. But, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, but 76. You know, not only is that a high number for, of trombones. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Not only not only is 76 the spirit of our country back at its founding, yeah, yeah, but 76 is far along the path, you know, it's beyond three score and 10. And yeah. I just can't stand the idea that um, that it won't exist in other people's minds. So oh, I yeah. wrote this uh, enough so that when my mind ceases to be present in the world, uh, a possibility. I'm compelled to envision it should at least dwell in enough other minds enough that the, it could become available for a human future where use might be made of it. Cause I, I I'm stuck with this conviction that it, it could really help. Huh. Yeah. I mean, my life would be so much simpler if I didn't have that conviction. So I'm so you glad want, you mentioned that too. Yeah. 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 So anyway, it, it I was called to do something back in 1970. I did my best at that. I didn't fail utterly, but in terms of what, you know, what I was aiming at, you know, uh, the, the idea disappeared mysteriously, never having been refuted. So I'm, I'm mystified by that. And then books come out like Harari's Sapiens, which could be, which gets a huge audience and a lot of buzz. And, and my book doesn't even appear in the bibliography, which is another mm. warning sign that this stuff is really in, in danger of simply disappearing. So that's why I'm driven. And that's why I wrote this piece that you, you, you called um, 
my my magnum opus. So I'm, it, it's it's a cry from the it, it's a cry from the depths of me. In my best effort to get people to check out, to do the it, it, those, I mean I don't expect everybody to do that, but there are I hope in the world some people who really would want to know if the clean, things I claim to have shown were true, you know, and we could go into what those are. They're in the essay, they're listed, you know, would you want to know, you know, it's got oh, to do yeah. with good and evil, it's got to do with uh, 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 moral dimension, the spiritual dimension, it's got to do with uh, uh, the, the nature of, uh, of what's driven the history of humankind in the last 10 or 12,000 years. Assume things that if they were true would have major implications. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the best attempt that I could make in this final statement. Please check it out. If you would want to know if these things were true, please check it out before you just imagine that, oh, they can't be true. Or yeah. no, no, this this can't be what what's on offer here can't be what it says it is. I, I understand that skepticism. I would I would be skeptical too. There, there are a lot of cranks in the world. Yeah, yeah. And, and right. I've always, if I make the claims about what I actually believe, there's a great danger people will see me as a crank, and and that's been one of the inhibitions. Uh, in my uh, life, as I as I watched the world walk away from this thing, and discovered by the early '90s that despite the honors and the attention it momentarily got, it, it had just basically disappeared, except for maybe mm. uh, you know a few thousand people, or I don't know how many people. I, I occasionally will hear somebody uh, from somebody, but you know, basically, here we are as a planet moving along with uh, the threat of, of a nuclear war being something we've had to talk about again in, in this calendar year. Yeah. And, and, and with increasing evidence about the potentially catastrophic uh, of, uh, consequences of what we've done to the Earth's atmosphere. I mean, these are reminders that we have not brought under control some of the forces at work in the human world that threaten to destroy us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Andy, thank you. And I, and I, and I appreciate you. I, I feel like you literally uh, took the breath of all of this and really put, pulled this together into uh, something that is very, very compelling. I appreciate that. Yeah. And then oh, to thank you, uh, Jeff. And I, and I, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, where, where should we go? Well, I was going What's to ask you. The, seeing things whole. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, basically, this is, you know, when you talked about your mission in life, and I know that you spoke very, very uh, passionately and, and very cogently about how that is to convey to others the integrative vision that you've had of the human story. And so I was going to ask you, because if you say that the evolutionary perspective has been the key to your seeing the human story more whole. And so what I'd like to do is to delve a little more deeply into this specific essay. And if I could ask you what the evolutionary perspective tells us that we need to know if there's anything else that you would speak to in that regard. Yeah, thank you. I mean, the, the, I, I, I always think that or that how things came about, um, looking at the whole movie in a sense, um, is important for understanding what comes later in the movie. You know, when I was growing up and I had this interest in history, uh, I remember I went to a, 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 a used bookstore in East Lansing, Michigan, and, and bought a 50-volume history of the world um, that was copyrighted in 1899. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it helped me write an eighth grade paper about the, the, the um, Incas of Peru. But anyway, um, when, when I wanted to know about the origins, uh, you know, like H.G. Wells, the outlines of history and such. 
the, the, and, and, and sort of good social thinkers that thought about human history. And, and you know, like one guy who, who emphasized the, 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 the two main uh, currents into our civilization were from Athens and Jerusalem, which is a, a worthwhile idea. Yeah. And, and, and the ancient world that, um, you know, Sumer and, and you know, Mesopotamia and, and, and uh, the Egypt and, you know, all the, the beginnings of civilization, the first cities and first empires, that's the beginnings. Yeah. But, you know, if you see things more whole, you can see that all that was a step was the result of a step that was unprecedented in the history of life that happened very recently. I mean, three and a half billion years, life evolved on this planet. If we had a time elapsed photo of the whole process, it took it, it took life, uh, you know, more than two billion years to create cells as we know them, just yeah. a single cell. And, and then uh, another half a billion, I think, uh, or so before we get into multicellular creatures and, and all the stuff that, you know, that, that happened. This is a process. And, and, and incidentally, it's the process that created us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's not separate from us. It, it, you know, like, uh, you know, it's been discovered that each one of the cells in our body, you know, has mitochondria in it. It's been shown now, it was an offbeat theory when I first uh, got interested in it, but I guess it's now fully accepted that the yeah. mitochondria were originally a, a freestanding bacterial species that either got ingested or invaded another bacterial species, and now the, and, and they became uh, a, a, sing, a cell. Each one of our cells is basically a, a merging of two different uh, forms of life. I mean, that's who how we be emerged, and we emerged uh, uh, as, as as you know our nature is getting shaped um, uh, generation by generation. I mean, eventually, you know, the the the, the dinosaurs get wiped out, and the, the mammalian line emerges with certain special qualities. Um, yeah. warm-blooded and, and, and able to nurture its young and uh and, and we get bigger brains than uh than there had been um but in one particular group the primates you know uh branch off uh, fairly far back if you want to uh, you know but the, then there are the apes and that's us you know we're in that family and, and then you know gradually there's this other creature the, the, there's our ancestors that are emerging and doing some things that are unprecedented. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what I, I, I could I, I could go on, but let me just say here that the evolutionary perspective shows that a creature starting to extricate itself from the niche in which it evolved biologically because it is unprecedentedly endowed with a creative intelligence, inevitably by inventing its own way of life. So we've talked about this before. Oh That's yeah. My definition of civilization, the societies that are created by a species that for the first time in the history of life, which has been going on a long time, <laughs> creates an altogether new situation by leaving the natural order, which has been shaped by a certain kind of evolutionary process and going into a new situation where there's nothing regulating how these entities are going to interact. Yeah. It's an unprecedented step, which has major implications. And those implications are hard to see. At least I don't know if you can see them. I mean, maybe you could. I'd be interested to know if somebody who doesn't have an evolutionary perspective good but I, I think the order to see that the, we have created a new kind of disorder by emerging out of a ancient and and highly uh, evolved order yeah that there, that there are implications for moving into disorder out of order yeah and so my my analysis is that that disorder inevitably generates, a dynamic. It's it's not the devil, right? 
There's nothing here going on that's got to do with anything with a malignant intent. Yeah. But it's yeah. a new situation, a new situation which is not governed by anything at first and mm. for a long time to come. And that inherently generates a dynamic. Huh. Yeah. So yeah. in answer to your question, why is an evolutionary perspective important? Um, for me, for my work, I mean, I think that the evolutionary, Darwin's basic idea of how variety will naturally emerge through mutations or whatever, that not all will survive, that it's not random which ones will survive and which won't, and that therefore there is a selective process which drives things to evolve in non-random directions. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and, and I take it further, maybe, I, I, I think, you know, what evolves is not just, you know, species and bodies and it's, it's whole systems. Um, yeah. I, I quote Gregory Bateson's a line, which I've been quoting for over 40 years now, no creature can win against its environment for long. So to see that there's a, a force that's unleashed by a creature that steps onto the path of civilization that has huge implications. Oh, for, yeah. For, for one thing, how to understand what happens to that creature over the coming millennia. The ugliness that we see in human history is not human nature writ large. We are demonstrably better creatures than we would appear to be. I don't know how good we are, but I can prove that we're better than we, because any, any species on any planet, and this is another one of my, you know, my go-to lines. Yeah. To, to call attention to the inevitability of this dynamic that we unleash, but never choose. I mean, ah, yes. as yes. soon as we start planting crops and herding animals, we're on the road. There's no getting <laughs> off. You know, we, 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 we've started sliding down from, uh, you know, from, from one kind of uh, uh, peak of order down into the, uh, uh, the pit of disorder. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no way of escaping it. So any creature on any planet, anywhere in the cosmos, um, uh, it, it will that steps onto the path of civilization, which I define, will yeah. inevitably unleash a social evolutionary process as tormented and destructive as the one that we've been on for the, the last 10 or 12,000 years. And, yeah. and, and, and the point is that if you, once we once we get clear on the nature of the force at work, we can become more perceptive about the nature of the challenge that we face, because the, the challenge that we face is, is easily stated, not easily met, but easily stated. Yeah. That is to bring under control the destructive forces that we've unleashed. Yes. Because we were creative yeah. enough to extricate ourselves from the management. You know, we, we took this step that, that had never taken place on this planet because there wasn't anybody who could have until we could. So Interesting, yeah. And, 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 and since there are billions and billions of uh, Earth-like planets, uh, you know, here and there, uh, I assume that there are other creatures that have done the same thing. And we would be, we would have our eyes opened if we could see that it didn't matter what the nature of the creature was that did that. That force that got unleashed was inevitably going to drive things in a particular direction. And this is yeah. the 1970s idea, you know, which I call yeah. the parable of the tribes. And then there are a lot of things that follow from that, uh, uh, that have to do with becoming clear about certain realities at work in the human world, that there are a couple of coherent forces that can be identified and can be perceived in certain ways, which, you know, I've been trying to articulate. Uh, I actually have three ways uh, now uh, of, of perceiving, say, 
a coherent force that consistently works to make things worse in the human world. Uh, I yeah. got three ways. The last time when we discussed uh, the Confederacy, um, I, I neglected to point out that when I see that there was a sort of a cultural shape out there that drove us to civil war, and I could see how that shape was pretty recognizably the, the same as what I was looking at in 2014. Yeah. I have an essay about the spirit that drove us to civil war is back. And my point is that I start off with the idea that in facial recognition technology, you know, the system is able, it has an algorithm that if they see the same basic facial structure, they say, yeah, that's the same guy. Ah, and, yeah. Anyway, I've, I neglected to say that that's actually one of the ways that um, that the coherent force that consistently spreads a pattern of brokenness makes itself manifest. Ah, but, yeah. But but, but in, in my series, I, I present one, and I'm working on presenting the one that actually got me there. Um, but you and I have talked about how you can see uh, that force, that coherent force, like we can see the wind in the swaying of the trees and the flapping of the clothes on the line. And, and that all has to do with seeing things whole in the, in the network of, uh, uh, of causes and effects, where if you draw those lines, you can see that there's something pushing something through the human world that's a pattern of brokenness uh, that originates in that thing that we unleashed by becoming civilized. There is yeah. a way of seeing the human story much more whole than anything that we're doing these days in civilization. And I think it makes a lot of things more clear. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what I was going to say to you, that uh, after reading this essay, uh, it really does pull things together. It, does, it did for me, and I certainly intuit that this will do the same for others who read this that uh, it, it brings together so much of your work over the past 50 years. Can I address that evolutionary perspective thing one more oh, time? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, the, the fifth piece in that, in, in that thing, um, basically, uh, I think irrefutably, hmm, I like saying that about my ideas, but... I don't see how to refute it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I've looked. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I try, I think I prove there, and it, using an evolutionary perspective is the point. Yeah. In an evolutionary perspective, we, we are driven to come to the conclusion that the, demen the, the domain of value, uh, I like putting a capital V on it, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, is real. is important and is life-serving. And, yeah. and I think it's really easy to show that. I mean, because, you know, I think, I, I try to prove as, as I think, I don't know how, 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 how to refute this as a moral philosophy point. I, I think that the only time anything can possibly matter is when there are creatures to whom things matter. Until yes. there are creatures for whom there is a better and a worse experientially. It right. all has to be in the realm of experience. If nothing experiences anything, what difference does it make if a planet blows up or nothing? You know, who who cares? Nobody cares because you can't care unless there's a better experience versus a worse experience. I, I don't see how you get around that. But anyway, that's how I see yeah. it. Uh, and, and so I don't know when that begins in the evolutionary process. Mm. I mean, I don't know whether an amoeba... <laughs> Has <laughs> anything worth calling experience? But I know my cats do. Yes. And I know I do, and I uh, and I know you do. Um, yeah, you know there are a lot of creatures that that obviously care yes. about whether they're being stroked or tortured. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. so value. Once you, I mean, there are a lot of people in in, in our secular worldview who think that value isn't real because you can't make it up, see it objectively. And, and I say that's a complete logical fallacy. Yeah. Objectively from outside, it, it can't be, it, it has no meaning from the outside. It, it has to come from the inside of some somebody, something to whom something matters. 
And, you know, that emerge, it's an emerge, you know, the, the lifeless cosmos, if it was lifeless at the Big Bang, you know, I, I know no better than that. But eventually, out of the lifeless emerged life. We know that. Right, right. You know, that absolutely. Happened on Earth. And, it, no, it, 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 and then it graduates. So they, they, from lifeless, then we, we have an emergent reality of life. Okay. And, and then out of life, we have the emergent reality of creatures to whom things matter. And then value is real, and it and it's it's important because it's life serving. People, well, creatures get crafted by the uh, natural process of natural selection to to value positively those things which have been associated ancestrally with surviving and thriving. What feels good is not random. And what people, what creatures try to avoid is not random. It is selected for because of the evolutionary history, which has been continually choosing what survives over what, what does not. And, and that's what evolution is interested in. But creatures evolve to be interested also in, I want fulfillment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our fulfillment is directly connected with just survival because of the way it got, we got shaped to experience things. So yeah. that's how, so, and, and then there are some steps to get from there to the moral dimension. But this is the step where I feel like liberal America has been frustrating to me to deal with because of the belief that, oh, values, well, they're just a matter of opinion. You know, mm -hmm. it's merely subjective. And we, we've talked about this before. But if yeah. you look at it in evolutionary perspective, the only way that value could exist is in creatures as an emergent reality, as life evolves. And therefore, that's what it is. It does matter because, well, I, I, let me let a, you know, a Laurence Olivier's dentist from Marathon Man at your teeth and you tell me nothing matters. Oh, boy, I remember that, too. I, re I re that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can say nothing matters, but, you know, it, wow. we're, only, we're only a few seconds away of, from somebody hitting us on the big toe with a hammer, you know, and things start to matter real fast. Yeah. And, and they matter at the larger, uh, uh, at the largest. I mean, once you got there, you can build into what a healthy democracy is for and what human civilization should become so that it survives for the long haul with people living lives of fulfillment versus where we might end up because we didn't bring those forces under control. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Ab absolutely. And, and that's, and that's, and that reference to the marathon, man, I, I actually remember I was probably too young to have seen it, but uh, I did see it, and 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 that, and so that point that you're making is definitely not lost on me. I will tell you that that's yeah, that uh, things do matter. So if I may make one more point, uh, oh, about absolutely, this piece yeah. in the series. Yeah. So uh, anyway, on my website, uh, if people want to read the series, they should go to my website, and and then there's a, a portal in the upper left that says my three quarts daily series or something, and I've right. got links to to all the pieces. But anyway, the the evolutionary perspective. Um, you know, I, I, I think you would agree with me that there are a lot of people that we know um, who, who wouldn't agree with the idea that the spiritual dimension of experience is I... real, important, and life-serving, just, like yes. just like the moral dimension with values. So yeah. um, I think that I, I, I refute that. In, 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 by looking at it in an evolutionary perspective. First of all, we know factually that a whole lot of people have special kinds of experiences that, that of a spiritual nature, which deliver yeah. some compelling spiritual truth, and that might have an impact that is life-changing. I think that we know that factually. It, yes. Uh, I don't know if everybody's got that capacity, um, but we know that a fairly large proportion of humankind has that capacity because it happens. Yes, yes. And in an evolutionary perspective, once you regard, you remember that, you know, our nature gets crafted according to what has been successful in surviving to create the human future. 
yeah. or the oh, primate yeah. future or the mammalian future, or you know, whatever, <laughs> however far back you want to go. And so we know we can infer that we have in our hu human genome widely, maybe everybody's got it, maybe it's just a third, whatever. That right. capacity for experiences like that, delivering powerful messages like that, and, ha and, and sometimes changing the course of people's lives like that, has right. been selected for. And nothing like that could get selected for if it didn't confer some advantage for survival. Right. Therefore, it is real. It is important. And it is there because it has proved life-serving. And so I, I think that I say we should be open, even when coming from a secular point of view. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To what this evolutionary perspective is telling us about that realm of experience, that it is one to pay attention to. Yes. It is powerful. It is... Uh, it, it has delivered some valuable things you can see historically and in people's lives. Oh yeah. And it wouldn't be there if it hadn't been over the eons of, uh, of our uh, nature being crafted, selected for that proves yeah. that it is life-serving. Anything that's powerful and life-serving really warrants our respect. Because oh, yeah. we, are, we are up against some forces that are also powerful. And that are life destroying. Yes. And, they got, and, and we can see the whole picture about this is what it means to be the civilization creating animal. That, yeah. that you, you've got to harness all the forces of wholeness that you can mm -hmm. in order to meet the central challenge that any civilization creating species has to meet, which is to order its civilization, make it healthy well enough and soon enough to prevent those forces of destruction from determining the ultimate outcome of the experiment that life is conducted by allowing a creature like us to change the rules and plunge ourselves into anarchy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, it's, it's, uh, this is, it's definitely there. I definitely find that we've come to a conclusion or we're, we're nearing that. And of course, these, the, the, uh, where I kind of find myself split or torn is that I have a couple other bigger questions, you know, to ask you. And so this is something that, uh, if you're open to it, we could certainly discuss continuing this conversation or making this a part two, if you would like to, uh, yeah, that way we could, you know, these are things that, that I feel are very compelling and important to ask you for, for without a doubt. I find myself salivating to think about the other important questions uh, that you might ask. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you're, you know, I'd be happy to be come back uh, even soon. And if soon yeah. doesn't work, then, then, you know, whenever. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and deal with those, uh, those missing questions. Yeah. And to me, that really also signifies uh, in, in my heart and mind, you know, how uh, important and how wide ranging this essay is then, and how this does tie everything together in this in this series that you had on Three Courts Daily. And uh, it is incredibly yeah. powerful. I just, Andy, I appreciate you speaking the way that you have. And not only am I hearing the words that you're saying and, and uh, the impact that it's making, but I also your passion for this. And I always love how you say that your life would be easier if you hadn't, you know, if you didn't heed this call. But I want to tell you that I really do deeply honor you for honoring that call and, and for continuing this work. Yeah. It would be easier, but it wouldn't necessarily be better. You know? Right. <laughs> there, there, there are strains and frustrations. But on the other hand, seeing things whole is um, it's important because it's what you know meaning uh, we didn't say anything about meaning but meaningfulness yeah. is almost always about the, the particular fitting into the larger picture yes yes uh, i think even one's relationship with with one's beloved uh, uh gets part of its meaning from its being part of some kind of a wholeness bigger than the two 
Yes, yes. I and I will tell you, I've heard numerous spiritual teachers speak about that, about how there is a you know, they they sometimes refer to it as a greater love or that, you know, but thinking of love as that force that you speak about, you know, that's uh if yeah. If I may make one sort of oh definitely, yeah. Listeners. Yeah. Um you know, uh, the, the reason I wrote that piece, you know, it was designed to maximize the chance that the reader would actually go and check out uh, a, a, a uh, an integrative vision that's been my life's work. I mean, to actually see what it consists of and see yes. whether it holds water. I mean, uh, e even that series is just sort of like, a, a, um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things which have been developed a lot further over the years uh, yes. than the summing the summing up that I attempted in that series. So yes. if if the you the listener are of a kind of person who who I and I know this is a minority, but if you're the kind of person that's interested in sort of absorbing a a, a network of ideas that pull things together in a in a powerful and meaningful way which yeah. takes some work yes. uh, i did it with freud uh, that's the only time i ever really did it but it was very rich for me uh, yeah but i you know I, I did it to a lesser extent with a bunch of other people like dozens but um if you're the kind of person for whom that kind of work is appealing and that kind of reward would be rewarding if it delivered the goods uh, yes. you know that's please do check it out absolutely and and andy i'll definitely make sure i include a uh i'm not sure if this is possible or not i definitely will have a, a link to this uh to this last in the series uh and i didn't know the best way to uh i don't know if there would be a, a link that if people wanted to check out all of those if you might be able to supply me with that i don't want to put you on the yeah spot I'll, here, I'll send you that I'll send Perfect. you that along that. And that also contains the links to, uh, you know, the, the sixth and final piece, uh, uh, the importance of seeing things whole. Perfect. Thank you so much, sir. It's been, it's been wonderful hearing from you and it's been incredibly meaningful. Uh, it's, it gives me hope. It also, it's, it's uplifting and it's also, it's, it is some very powerful food for thought as well. And is continuing to stimulate a lot of thought. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff.